some people are having hangover from the celebration, the eatings and drinkings, and now we are losing our voice. Okay? <laughs> so, let us not be dissipated. For once we are in God's presence, the Spirit of God activates us to be alive in the Spirit. And as the church says, we exercise active participation by getting yourself, getting yourself involved both bodily, mentally, and word, spiritually. Amen. Today, the church marks and celebrates the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I call the Holy Family the model of all families. I call it the family of families because this is the family that have been, you know, have been able to demonstrate classically the true picture of what God intends the family to be on the earth realm. And so we see each of the participants in that family play their role and fully represented the kingdom of God. They represented fully the mind of God and the peoples of God. And so the church today is asking every family, every Christian family, every Catholic family, every family that received the sacrament of matrimony, that this is the typology of the type of family that we should have and exercise on the earth realm. Why is this so important? There are some key you know, points that we must note for us to have a sound family and a family that is noted by God. Number one, any step into a family must recognize vividly that family is not a, a, an institution created for our own pleasure. No. Family was created by God himself. He gave, he, he handed over family to the human family for a purpose. It is God who is the originator of family. He is the originator of homes. He is the originator of marriage. It was God who said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helpmate so that my purposes and my plans and my will will be exercised through them. So we must recognize that marriage is not because you made a choice. I like this man. I like this woman. So that's just marriage. No. If you make that the, the, the parameter for your marriage, then get prepared for anniversary of disappointment. And unfortunately, that, is, that has become a standard today. Any young girl who wants to get married is busy assessing the man physically. Is he handsome? Does he have money? What is his position? And then after that assessment, you finally get deceived because you, all you are craving is for carnality. And then when you get into that marriage, things doesn't turn well. You see the man beating you black and blue. Because the standard of you even stepping into this institution was not according to the agenda of God, but because of your own personal craving. There are many young men out there who, when they are going to marry, all they look at is the external beauty. How are the biceps of this woman? 
They want to be proud of their wives when they take them, take her out and say, this is my wife. And then they say, hey, your wife is so beautiful. That's their own standard of marriage. And such of that type of marriage, many of them have crashed. They didn't see marriage as organically rooted in God. And so, if you understand that it's rooted in God, and it's for God's own purpose, and for God's own plan, then what you are asking God when you want to get married is, Oh God, who is that woman that will help to bet your purpose and your plan through my life? When that becomes your parameter, you cannot even make mistake. And so, you don't marry to please yourself, you marry to please God. You marry to please God. Because marriage itself is not owned by you. Marriage is owned by God. After sharing these few points with you, we are going to see that where played out in the life of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And so if we are to question ourselves now, the reason we marry from the onset, you will see that we marry for the wrong reason. And that is why the, the fullness of the joy of marriage is not there. Some marry because they just want to avoid societal uh, scrutiny. It's my time to marry. Why am I not marrying? And so they force themselves into all kinds of you know, engagement. And because the intention beneath you is not genuine, even the fruit that you are going to bear in that marriage is not going to be genuine. This has given, you know, given reason for so much divorce today. Number two, must understand that marriage is the bank of God, through which God transmits heritage from generation to generation. So when God also blesses a generation, He drops that gift in a child, and that child comes, you know, and manifests in the family. So parents are like custodians of divine heritage. So the second reason you marry is to preserve divine heritage. God has trusted with the treasure. Those treasures are wrapped up in the children that God gives to you. And as a, as a parent, you are like a steward who will now raise that child to make sure that that heritage of that child is preserved for eternity. And when that child grows to manifest that, that heritage, he transfers to another generation. We see that played out in the life of Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And the third reason for marriage is that marriage is a typical, you know, is a, is, is a type of the Trinity on earth. God wants to replicate his eternal family in heaven on earth. And that's why the family has three dimensions. The dimension of the father, the dimension of the children, the dimension of the mother. So when you want to see the real picture of you know, Trinity, you see it displayed in family. These three things must be the stronghold while you are married. These three things must be the reason why you are getting, you are looking for a man to get you married. Many young girls out there are praying, God give me a husband, God give me a husband. Ask them deeply, why do you want to get married? These three, things, these three points are not there. Are not there. The thing, marriage is all about just a, get a to a man, produce children, stay in a house, cook food, raise some money, have a job, make money, buy a house, and all that. That is the karma dimension of marriage. And as long as it is built on that dimension, that marriage will suffer. They will not have the, the fullness of peace. Because when trouble comes, they lack the dexterity to be able to bear the pressure that comes. 
Those who are married already, they will explain to you better. They have seen things. There are things they have seen that they, can't, they don't even talk about. And so life has permitted them by force to yield to the demand of marriage. The reality of it is better, eh? it's better, and eh? it's what? For the worse, right? Has become their language. For better, for worse. They have come to accept it. If you don't accept it from the beginning, you have accepted by force. But behind this, if these three things are part of the ingredients of your marriage, you will not lack peace. You will have joy. The hand of God will be in your marriage perpetually. When you acknowledge this marriage is not my personal property, it is a personal property of the eternal God. I'm only a custodian. I'm only a, a servant in this institution. I play my part. Each person plays his own part. Why will God be absent in that marriage? Secondly, I know that by my begetting children, children are just not just mere human beings coming out and for me to train them. They are carrying divine heritage. There is a heritage being transferred through me. And I'm giving birth to it. To it. And my responsibility as a father is only to raise children to maintain and sustain that heritage. And they're able to bet it also. And it is moving from generation to generation. You know, in the course of our reflection during the Advent, at a point, it became very clear that, you know, the Spirit of God was just showing us that many parents don't even know the kind of children that God has given to them. We only assess our children based who of who they are physically. We don't know the spiritual, you know, substance they are carrying. We don't even know their calling in the realm of the Spirit. You know, sometimes when we talk about calling, generally every parent will be thinking, must they become father, but they become sister. No! This is just an aspect of it. Do you know whether your child is a scientist? Do you know whether your child is, is, a, is a solution bringer? Do you know what God has assigned that child to come and accomplish on earth? You are the one to decode it. You are the one to ask God. You send this child to me. What is his mission on earth? So that you as a custodian can help that child grow in understanding that area. That's the role of a father. That's the role of a mother. That's why if you look at the Ten Commandments, after the first three, which belongs to God, the next one is what? Honor your father and your mother and it shall be well with you. Honor means listen to them. They will tell you who you are. They will help you to become that which God has ordained you to become. But unfortunately, this culture has died, so parents don't even know who the children, their children are. They all send them to school, just go and get paper certificates, you know, and then become a, become a, a doctor, a lawyer, anyone. Just continue. Uh-huh, and we'll say we are successful. And so they lose their identity in the realm of the Spirit. Mary knew herself. God told her, you are going to be a mother of a Savior. And even told her that Simon, the son, will cry out. He shall be the savior of his people. He shall deliver their people from their sins. If Mary did not have this background, Mary would have taken Jesus to another sphere of life entirely. But from the beginning, Mary began to school Jesus, the human Jesus, on this journey. And that's why today we are seeing that Jesus at the age of 12, his mind was already set towards something. 
at the age of 12, he already knows why he's here. How many children at the age of 12 know who they are? Your children, even at the age of 19, they are still confused. Some at the age of 24, 25, they are still confused. Some, of, some parents are even the one forcing their children to go and get married because they don't even know what is marriage. He's now getting to 30, you are worried. John, are you not marrying? <laughs> and parents also help, help package them to marry because they are confused. And even when they marry still, the parents have to be there to watch to make sure that things are done properly. And he's now 35. When is he going to be a man? When is he going to know himself and carry out his assignment? Because everyone is blind. When the blind lead the blind, they will enter the same gate. So we are celebrating this today as the model of all families. And we must learn to draw strength from the Holy Family. In your journey as a married couple, draw strength from Mary. Draw strength from Joseph. The character of Joseph should be a, 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 a model for men. Study Joseph's character. Study the man the way you operated. That should be able to shape your own life as a man. The Bible calls him the devout man. A man that fears God. And because of his connection with God, you can imagine angels visiting him and giving him instruction. And look at, even when he discovered that Mary was, was pregnant, he said because he's a man of integrity and not going to disgrace her, he said, I will discharge her quietly. How many men can do that today? We always react. My wife, you're unfaithful, ba 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 ba, and we try to show that we are the righteous ones and maybe the person, uh, our wife, is the person who is wrong. Because we lack the character of the Spirit. The spirit realm is not real to us. The highest one of divorce today is among Christians. Even among the Muslims, they don't, have, they, don't have, they don't have divorce the way we have divorce among Christians today. Go to the marriage registry. You will see a lot of divorce going. Go and check the name. Angela, Emmanuel, uh, Chinenye, uh, Tony, Timothy, and uh, Paulina. You see, they are all Christians. Because they lack the essential ingredients that makes marriage real. It's like even the people of the world are now the ones who are even afraid the way Christians are breaking up every day. So we must sustain these three substances in our marriage. The marriage does not belong to you. It belongs to God. You are a servant. You are called to come and serve. You are called to come and serve. You are a servant in your own marriage. You didn't come to do your own will. You came to do the will of the one who gave you the institution. Marriage is an extension of the kingdom of God. It's called a divine colony. Amen. What do I call it? You know what is a colony? And let me explain. <laughs> Not colony in terms of a, a community. No, 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 no. You know, like... Nigeria was a colony under British government, right? Many years ago, before we gained independence. Alright? It's that kind of colony I'm talking about. Most of the African countries that are French, that speak French, are French colonies in the past. Before they became what? Before they became countries and became independent. And so, as a colony, what happens? When they colonize you, they will 
affect, they will alter your language and impose their own language on you. They will give you their own culture. They will want to sh make sure that whatever you have is not really an issue. They will bring their own and make sure they subdue that on you. They, they subjugate you into that. So they, they, they determine the way you dress, the way you speak. Your culture is altered by their own. So they colonize you. You become an extension of that bigger territory. So the family is a colony of the kingdom of God on earth. We are to speak the language of the Trinity. We are to manifest the culture of the Trinity. We are to manifest the life of the Trinity. And so just like Nigeria was under the British and is still under the British, whether we like it or not, so likewise, every family is under the government of God. And that's why in the organigram of rulership, God honors family. God respects family. God is committed to the affairs of family. Very important. Let's look at Joseph. You can see, immediately he discovered his role in the life of Mary as the mother of Jesus Christ. He went into alignment. He didn't argue again. He took it upon himself. And suffered gravely because of that. You don't you know what it means for a man to trek from Israel to Egypt? Do you know he trekked? He trekked for months from Europe to Africa. He trekked when he was told that Mary is going to be the mother of our Savior and that he should take care of them now and run from Egypt. He ran from Israel to Egypt on the road. Mary was one on the camel responsibility. Amen. Amen. Responsibility to preserve and protect the family. And he played his role so well. And so in heaven, after Mary, the next person in rank before the apostles is Joseph. We must understand that he's a very quiet man. But in heaven, his rank is among the elders in heaven. What role did he play? He played the role of obeying the Father. He cooperated. Look at Mary. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. They didn't marry for pleasure. They didn't marry to enjoy themselves. They didn't marry to go about you know, showcasing, look at my family. No. Their interest is whatever will please the Father. There was no time to brandish themselves on social media and all that. But today, all over the world, the family of Jesus and Mary and Joseph stands out because they fulfill divine purpose. Look at Jesus himself. He was also conscious of his own role. At the age of 12, he already, he already knew that he must be in his father's uh, house and doing his father's business. And you can see the synergy between the three of them. So, I'll talk a little bit on the, the, the personality of Jesus in the family and how our youths, our children, can learn a lot from him. You know, we live in a generation where children like to argue with their parents. They always want to coerce their way and have it their own way. The parents will say, no, let us get for, go for this one. You say, no, you, you insist on the choice you make. Are you aware, little children, are you aware that when you live like that, you are living in rebellion? You have no right to force your parents 
to do what you like. When they accept it, it doesn't make it right. You insist on what you want. You insist on your right. You insist on how you should go. Your daddy will say, hey, Junior, let us do it like this. You say, no, daddy, all I know is that it will be like this. And sometimes you copy from your friends who have other families. It is wrong. Look at Jesus. The Bible says, and after that, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth. When the father came and called him, and his mother came and called him for a temple, he obeyed. He followed them and went down to Nazareth. Wow. And was obedient to them. Can you imagine? Jesus, who is God, though, he was obedient to Mary and Joseph. Children, children, you have to learn to obey your parents. Because the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. Eh? Right? You hear that? You say what? I can't hear you. Honor your father and your mother. And what? It shall be well with you. Do you know why many children are not succeeding? Because they never honor their father and their mother. Even when they finish school, they are looking for a job. They can't get a job because what? They never honor their father and mother. It was every time argument. Argument with daddy. Argument with mommy. Mommy, leave me alone. Daddy, leave me alone. They say, Junior, go and do this. Yeah, you are angry. You don't do anything at home. They will give you an assignment. You refuse. How do you expect that it shall be well with you? Just the way you resist your parents, every good thing will resist you. You get that? It was God who said it. He said, honor your father and your mother. Obey your father and your mother. Whether you are more intelligent than them or not, obey them. When you obey them, you attract blessings upon yourself. They gave back to you. They suffered. Your mother carried it for nine months. She was, she was you know, uncomfortable for nine months. Then she would now crown it with the pain of labor. She cried when she was giving birth to you. Her body was torn apart. Now you are out. You have guts to either challenge her or insult her or refuse to listen to her. You are cursing yourself. You are cursing yourself. Even animals don't do that. Why is this so important? Because we live in a generation where there's so much, you know, rebellion against parents. You meet your mates out there and they, they harass you. You, you, you behave like, a, like a, a fowl that is inside the water. But when you come home, your mommy will send you. You will now stand up. That's why you have strength to start challenging your mommy. Jesus was not like that. He was obedient. He went home with them. And came to Nazareth. And the Bible says, And his mother kept all this in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom. When you honor your father and your mother, when you obey them, you will grow in wisdom. Your brain will be intelligent. You will know chemistry well. You will know biology well. And you will know things well. Your knowledge will increase. And you will be a star. You don't even ask, Mommy, bless me. Daddy, pray for me. No, 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 no. As you are honoring them, the blessing is being created to you immediately. Someone like me, when I was very, very young, I used to be stubborn. I would resist my father. I would resist my mother. I kept doing that. But my father did not take it lightly with me. He said, you are my first son. I will deal with you. If I kill you, I will go to jail. <laughs> 
when he tells me that, I will look at him and say, this man, are you, are you so wicked? He said, he said, I will kill you and I will go to jail. It took me time to understand. But he never took anything. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't mess with me. Each time I transgressed, he will so discipline me. I'll be praying, God, may he die. I was a fool then. I was so foolish. I was the Mr. Right. Everybody's Mr. Wrong. My mom would talk and say, hey, it's okay. Daddy would talk, hey. My job, my, my uncles would talk, hey. I was the only Mr. Right until life started dealing with me. And one day, I piped low. I learned to be calm. I said, obey my father. I said, obey my mother. I started doing the right thing. And life changed. Praise the Lord. Obedience attracts blessing. Obedience brings peace to your heart. Obedience will open door for you and grant you success. Now, today, among my fellow brothers and sisters. I'm the best friend to my mommy. I'm the best friend to my daddy. But I was one who was beating the most among all of them. And they would tell us, watch him. Can't you see him? My mother would say, look at him. He came from the same womb. You, I don't know why you're like this. <laughs> and when your parents start talking like that, hey, be careful. It means uh, you're on the wrong, the wrong track. Things are not going to be well with you, I tell you. Because you are supposed to be a source of joy to them. Each time they look at you, you should be a source of joy to them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So our children, learn from Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Obey your parents. Learn from Jesus and ask him today, Lord, give me the spirit to obey my parents like you. And because you obeyed, he increased in wisdom. He increased in stature. And then the third one says, he was in favor with God, in favor with men. God will like you, men will like you, people will help you, people will support you. Because that little obedience you are exercising at home, before your father, before your mother, will attract spiritual blessings upon your life. Shout a big amen. amen. That's the joy of living the life of family that is rooted in God. So children, as we are stepping to 2022, make up your mind, I must obey daddy and mommy. Parents, don't think that when you allow your children to claim anything they want, you are helping them. Until you are 18, you have no right to choose what you like. Your power to choose anything is what is obsolete. Is after 18 years, they will not allow you, they will give what they call window opening that you may not exercise for two years. If you, they see that you are not choosing right, they lock it again. They decide for everything in your life until you gain sense. Amen. Amen? Because some parents, the children will so weary them, they will lose the courage to, you know, discipline them. And insist on what they want. They say, okay, oh yeah, what do you want? I want this one. Grudgingly, 
they will give it to them. Tomorrow again, they make a bigger demand. Gradually, before you know it, you are now a slave in the hand of your children. You have lost your parenthood. You have lost your office. And that is called the spirit of rebellion. That word is in vogue now everywhere. Parents, maintain and sustain your office. If you make a point, insist on it. If they lie, they then cry. Tomorrow they will thank you for insisting. Amen. Amen. That is how we exercise rule. Even Jesus himself, at a point, said, Father, I wish this cross will pass away. But what? Let your will be done. He insisted. The first one, the second one, the third one. At the end, the father said, what? You must what? Die. Does the father not love Jesus? Amen. Does the father love Jesus? But did Jesus get what he wants? Answer me now. Did Jesus get what he wants? Even at the age of 30, the father still insisted. Can you imagine that? So parents, learn to be like the father. It's not everything they ask. They get the way they want it. It's not everything there. They ask. They do what? They get the way they want it. You must make sure they get it the way you, the parents, want it. Not the way they want it. Don't be afraid to see your children cry when you insist on the right thing. It's part of formation. It's better they cry by you insisting on what you want than for you to accept and tomorrow you start crying. Are we together here? Because that's the new dimension now. Children coerce their parents to accept what they want. They are in school. They will mess up things. You will replenish again. They will insist. Mommy, I'm not coming back home. I'm going to some place for holiday. John, come back. No. And they'll be, okay, all right, now go now. And he'll continue. You, don't, you won't know the details of what he's doing. Until one day, he comes back. He's smoking ganja. He's carrying a knife in his pocket. And he's harassing you. And say, Mommy, if you don't give me 10 million now, you are in soup. He said, John, why are you doing this? You caused it because from the time he was small, you allowed him to always have his way and not your way. So learn from God the Father. He even told Jesus, no. And Jesus, even at the point, said, my father, my father, why have you abandoned me? Uh-huh. Sometimes let the children also feel that, you know, that disengagement. And know that life is not always what easy. Life is hard. I will not allow my children to suffer what I suffer. It's because you suffer. That's why you gain sense. So if you don't want them to be foolish, then don't allow them to suffer like you. And that which you are preserving from suffering, tomorrow you will still suffer because they will still come back with their mumuliti home. Yes. Oh, they are my children. They will not suffer. They will not do this. They will not do that. Okay, no problem. They will grow foolishly. Praise the Lord. We need to mention some of these things because that is what is in vogue now. And it is destroying a lot of Christian homes. Parents, gain back your office. Gain back your office. Play your part. Insist on your dominion in the home. 
whether they like it or not. Insist. If they open eyes, you open eyes. If they shout on you, shout on them twice. They are only testing to see whether you have courage to sustain your office. And when they win, when they go away, they say, look at mommy, yes, my one. <laughs> they make mockery of you. And before you know it, they are the one in charge of the house. May that not be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, stand your ground. The day your children lose the fear of you, hello, you are now a vegetable in the house. If your children don't fear you with holy fear, it means you cannot change them again. You can't form them. It's like us who are in the seminary. They will tell us, the day the seminarians don't fear the formators, they cannot change anything in us again. So they purposely cause tension. You'll be so scared. You'll be so afraid. Year in, year out, two years, three years, four years, you will know out of fear you will change and become a better person. Formation is done under tension. Military, they don't, they form their men under tension. Police, they form their men under what? Tension. That's why there's always this agitation. You see them, they're always on, on, on a lot. Hey, Father, but our home should be a place now that is calm. Hey, hey, it is true. It should be a place that is calm, but at the same time, that should not make you lose your audacity as a father, your audacity as a mother. God gave it to you and he trusted you. It's an honorable office. Say I'm in office. Say I'm in office. Say I'm, as a parent, I'm in office. Not only in office, you are doing crack crack. In your own office, in town, everywhere. Everybody is respecting you. When you come in, everybody sits up. But at home, when you come in, they start insulting you. Just imagine if you are in your own office in town and nobody respects you. You will see that nothing works. They will come late. They will go for a break for three hours. Before you know it, they will query, they will query you and ask you, excuse me, it's like you are not competent in this office and they will do what? Out. Likewise, so at home, that will sustain the integrity of parenthood. Don't lose your integrity. Don't lose your audacity. Don't lose your, your stewardship. Because your children are petty and they push you around like draft. You see, as, they, as Mary said, son, why have you treated me this way? Behold, your father and I have been looking for you. He only responded to make them understand that he has a good intention. Don't you know? Eh? Why are you looking for me everywhere? Don't you know I must be in my father's house? He was not bragging. He was only trying to tell them, you train me this way now. Where would I go to? We came here. I'm in the temple. I was in the right place. But in any case, if you want me to go, okay, let's go. And the Bible says he followed them. And for the next 17 years, nobody heard about Christ again. He was off record for 17 years. The next time he showed up was when he was, what, 30 years. What a good boy. Why won't he be great? Why won't he be great? So the, the Holy Family stands as the family of all families. Men, draw strength and wisdom from Joseph. Draw sense, sense from God the Father. Mothers, 
draw wisdom from Mary. Be a woman of integrity in your home. Don't be afraid to chastise your children and give them correction. Children, do you want it to be well with you? Honor your father and your mother. You may pass and have good results, but things may not work out for you because you will lack the blessings of your parents. So if you want to go high in life, make sure that as you work to do well in your school, make sure that mommy and daddy is happy with you. Allow them to father you well. Allow them to mother you well. As you do that, you are attracting God's blessings. You are attracting God's favor. Anywhere you are, you know, things will be okay with you. In those days, my father would tell me, hey, any place you are going, you must tell me. I will say no. Because if you tell me, it means my blessings of protection will be upon me. But if you don't tell me, if anything happens to you, I will say I don't know you. And that in over the years entered me. Even up to now, sometimes because I'm making major, major travel, I'll still call him. I say, Daddy, I'm going to some place. So he say, Eh, okay, go well. That word, whether you like it or not, transfers an energy to you. Go well. And then while you're there, he will call once and say, I hope everything is okay. I say, Yes. Ah, there's a, a, a confidence he gives me. As I talk to God, I talk to my Father. I like blessings so much. I like blessings. I don't want anyone to pass me by. So uh, I go about taking blessings all the time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. May our hearts be open to learn. To be open to wisdom. Because the devil is not taking family for granted. He is attacking families every day. And exposing the multiple children God has given to us to all kinds of wild life. It appears as if parents have lost grips of the battle. It's so painful to see what is happening. A lot of decadence going on. Confusion. Children who have no brains are lottered everywhere. Our youth have lost grips. They lack ethics. They lack morality. They lack, you know, a sense of purpose. And parents are confused. Unfortunately, they keep booking mass. God, may God touch my children. Mass cannot do much. Train the child in the way he will, he will go. When he grows up, he will not want to depart from it. What training are we giving our children? So as we are celebrating Holy Family, we are also crying because many families have been destroyed. Many families are in disarray. There's a group of seven families that decided to be bringing their children here for retreat. After our own retreat here, they equally brought their children. And the Lord was leading us into different dimensions of, of, of childbearing child child and upbringing. And He could see somebody open up to me. What their parents would not ever believe that they are into. They came during counseling to be sharing with me strange things. And one thing that the devil has done so much is to grant these children a type of, a terrible type of wisdom that makes them to know one of their parents. They know things that their parents don't know. 
but they won't show it. It's like they are ahead of their parents in this their evil civilization. May we gain wisdom to be able to have what it takes to really man and take care of our children in the way that we, you know, we present to God in the name of Jesus Christ. So we pray at this mass that the hand of God be stretched upon families, especially the families that are washed by the center here, that God will bless them. God will visit them. Amen. Give them the wisdom and the knowledge to walk in the path that God has ordained for them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now God will bless our children. You know, our evening mass here has gradually developed to children mass every Tuesday and every Friday. Parents, don't stop them. As long as you're at home, make sure they come that evening. And through it, we're able to communicate a lot to the children. And they're learning a lot. Because if they hear the right thing, they will act the right way. If they hear the wrong thing, they will always act the wrong way. And so as we are stepping to 2022, we're going to intensify that, that uh, uh, mass of Tuesday and, uh, and Friday for our children. So when they come, we can discuss things and help them to understand that life is wider than what they are receiving. That the hand of God can be upon them. We pray for them that they will not be corrupt in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That as Jesus was obedient to Joseph and Mary, they will be obedient to their parents in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and found favor with God and men, our children will grow in wisdom and stature. And the favor of God will not depart from them in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There are three families in my heart that I want to pray for at this Mass. Who have been suffering so much turbulence, quarrel all the time, fighting all the time. God has blessed them in everything, but to only be together in peace is the major problem. I pray for the Perry family that God will heal them, God will sustain them, God will bless them, God will favor them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Father, for the gift of today. We ask that your hand remain perpetually with us and may the works of the enemy never prevail over us. All this we ask through Christ our Lord.